was thinking the other day about our bishop, how many times the Lord has testified of him, how the Lord has bore witness of him through the gifts of the Spirit. You don't see that that many times in the word that God does that to a man of God. You see it with David where he says he is a man after mine own heart. And there are others. You'll see it with Abraham. There are those. But it's few and it's far between. And I took note that I have never personally heard the Lord testify of a man of God like he has our shepherd. I am thankful. It reminds me what God has provided for me and my family. It reminds me of the type of shepherd that has been provided to look over my soul. It reminds me, church family, how thankful I need to be unto God that he was mindful enough of me to uproot everything I knew to bring me to a place where there was a good shepherd. I was thinking the other day, I've only lived in this country, so I can only speak for the United States. But in this country, if you are seeking out a church to be a part of that has social activities for your children every day of the week, you will be able to find a church in this country like that. If you are seeking out a church where it is a social club for the adults and you can go there and meet and mingle with people your age, you will find a church here that bases most of their gatherings around that. If you are seeking a church that will affirm your alternative lifestyle, you will find a church in this country that will allow you to sit in their midst and feel comfortable in the sin that you are participating in. I did not know that was true until I found one in Bernie. If you are seeking a church that allows you to feel the same atmosphere on Sunday morning that you felt on Saturday night at the club, you will find a church in this country that will provide that for you. And dare I say there are those in the truth that will provide that for you. So what are we seeking this morning? I say if you are searching for a church that will preach the word of God without watering down its meaning, without adding to its scripture, without putting your own opinion inserted within, you will find a church in this country like that, and this is that church. 
recognize that most of us in this place understand and realize that, but I don't know who may view at a later date that is searching for a body that will love God and love them and that will seek God with all that they have. If you need a church that has a shepherd that will love you, that will use you as the Lord directs him, that will give counsel and and correction unto you, this is that church. I see something. I was I took a note from Pastor R. Jackson. And I um, looked at the educational side of YouTube. I'm just kidding. Uh, and, and this video was on there. I'm like, okay. Not everything on there is good. That is true. Um, but this video, they had went to... Um, UT Austin, and we know there's a, uh, a race right now. Uh, election Day will be coming up, I guess, sometime in November <clears throat> for the governor of the state of Texas. So they went to UT Austin, and they began to ask some of these college students. Some were straight out of high school. Some were... Um, Some were older, some were middle-aged, a a range of ages. But they began to interview these students and ask them, you know, do you plan on voting coming up? Oh, yeah, everybody's voting, just like everybody's a Christian. (laughs) So everybody was voting when they first asked that question, right? So then um, they asked, well, you know, who are you voting for? And they would make, you know, they would say who they were voting for. And um, once they said who they were voting for, and you could tell it was with an assurity. You know, there was no doubt. Just like when they ask if you're voting, oh, yeah, who are you voting for? Well, it was immediately what spilled out of their mouth. They were sure, they were confident of the candidate that they wanted to vote for. So then when they made that statement, they asked, Another question, well, why are you choosing to vote for whoever you said you were voting for? And some of the answers I was amazed at. Some of them were, well, they, she, this interviewer would say, well, what policies does this particular candidate put forth that makes you want to vote for them? <laughs> and some of the responses were, well, that's who my family's voting for, and we, we've always kind of voted that way, and that's what we're going to do. One of them said, well, all of my friends thinks this candidate is cool, and so I trust my friends, and that's why I'm going to vote for them. I think the most intelligent answer came from an international student that does not even have the right to vote in the state of Texas. And he laid out every single policy that he agreed with for the candidate that he wanted to vote for. That was sad. So I took note of that and I called my 12-year-old in there and I said, Now, Hannah, you're not able to, but if you were able to, I need to know who you would vote for. And she told me. And I said, but why? 
I don't want to know just who you would vote for if you could. Why? What is it about this particular person? And we're not political here. I'm going somewhere with this. That's why I'm not naming names. Um, but she began to tell me some things that, well, this candidate, she felt like, lines up a little bit more with biblical principles. And, and I said, well, bless God, I'm sending you to college, girl, because I think, I think you've got a little bit more knowledge than some of these people. But what, but what struck me, church family, that is just a political race. And these people are basing their decision on maybe what their friends like to do. How many people are doing the same thing when it comes to their relationship with the Lord? I'm going to this church because my great-great-grandfather founded it. And I'm going to keep going there till they put me in the ground. Whether they preach truth or not. Whether they can lay their hands on me and God heal me or not. I'll continue going there because it is my heritage or this is a social club all my friends tend to gravitate toward that church so I think I'll go there that is a shame and a disgrace We must have our own relationship with the Lord. We must know what we believe. We must know why we believe it. While you're standing, I'll go to the word of the Lord briefly. We'll see what all the Lord has for us this afternoon. I thought, you know, you always think, I kind of made this statement to myself, this feels a little weird um, this time. It it didn't seem to come together. Seems like I say that every time. Heard Pastor R. Jackson say that this morning too. What I realized though (laughs) is We are in a different place. So it can't come together like it normally does. (laughs) When you start swimming in deeper waters, it doesn't feel the same as it did when you were just ankle deep. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. I cheated. I had mine marked. God is faithful. I believe they could have kept singing that song. He is faithful. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. The Bible says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice. Jump down to verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Pastor Hildebrand, do you mind praying, sir? Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your word that is already anointed and for your 
vessel, the maidservant of the Lord, prophetess. God, I pray that you would bless her. She is anointed of you. I pray you would anoint the words that come forth from her mouth, God. I thank you for what is going to be sown in our hearts and minds. I pray you would anoint our ears, our hearts, and our spirits to receive every word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, church family. <clears throat> Read this scripture sometime back, happened to write it down. Didn't think much of it and began to look at it again this week. Uh, I believe I told the prophet before they left town. Um, I was in prayer and I knew that Pastor R. Jackson would be ministering first service. I, I just felt something different and I didn't know if the Lord at that point had already given her what she ministered or if he waited till the last minute bless your heart but I knew that God was going to use her and so when she ministered to us this morning it confirmed a lot of this <laughs> but today Today, you break that word down in Greek, it means this day, now, at present. There are many of us this morning that she ministered to. You have made sacrifices. And God has took note of it. But there are those, I believe, that are looking at the cost and are wondering if the Lord has forsaken them. But today, it needs to be settled in your heart. Today, my faith and your faith can be mixed together. That there is nothing in this house that God cannot do. Today, your faith and your faith can be mixed together. That if there be an impossible situation, that God can show himself strong. Today, your faith and your faith can be mixed together. That healing can be brought forth in the physical bodies of this great people. Today, the writer here in Hebrews is referencing a scripture in Psalms 95. You do not have to turn there. But word for word, he is quoting what is in Psalm 95. Verse 7, wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear, if you will give audience to, if you will Hear it and understand his voice. Harden, do not be stubborn. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, the rebellion, the revolt in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now we, we know that to be the children of Israel that were, that were delivered from the hands of the Egyptians and were headed to a land that was promised unto them. Verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, they tested me, they scrutinized me, they proved me, and they saw 
They physically seen. They understood. They were aware of the works God did for 40 years throughout the wilderness. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. They do always, regularly, earnestly roam from truth, from safety, or from virtue in their heart. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. So he is quoting Psalms 95 and what the children of Israel went through in their journey from Egypt to the promised land. And we know the battles that they had. We know the decisions that they made along the path. Go to Numbers chapter 14. The Lord told them they shall not enter into my rest. We know that in Numbers chapter 14, he lets them know that though this land is promised, they would not go in. Numbers 14 and verse 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. Moses had once again went to the Lord on their behalf because they had angered him. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, verse 23, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. So because of the decisions that they made along the path, go to Psalms 106. This is the Cliff's Notes version of what they, the decisions they made. Because of, of what they did in the wilderness, that generation was unable to rest. You break that word down, it means abode. They were unable to enter into the abode that God had promised them. Psalms 106 begins to go, and you don't have to follow me, but it begins to lay out in 48 verses the transgressions that the children of Israel made on the way to the promised land. They provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea, verse 7. Verse 13, they soon forgot his works and waited not for his counsel. Verse 16, they envied Moses also in the camp. Verse 17, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. Verse 19, they made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Verse 24, yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. Verse 28, they joined themselves unto Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Verse 32, they angered him also at the waters of strife. So we see all these things that they did leading up to this. And you've got to understand that part to understand what the writer is saying in the rest of this portion of scripture in Hebrews. So go back to Hebrews with me. Again, he is referencing this that happened in history. These people that he is writing to know the story. 
They are ancestors, so to speak, of the people that come from Egypt and entered into the promised land. They are also the ancestors of those that had to die off in the promised land. So they understand the history. So when this writer begins to quote this unto them, they take note of it. They understand it. It's a reminder to them. Verse 12 in Hebrews chapter 3. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Take heed, beware that there is not in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief breaks down into faithlessness, disbelief, or even disobedience, church family. So we see that when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments unto Moses and he said, you should have no other gods before me, the children of Israel committed unbelief when they were disobedient to that commandment and began to make an image to worship. Take heed in departing from the living God. An evil heart of unbelief. So unbelief is evil. Disobedience is evil. And it causes us to depart from the living God, to desert Him, to remove ourselves from Him, to revolt from Him. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily. Exhort is to comfort is to pray for. Begin to think about the intercessors and their role in this body. They exhort the body. They pray for the body even when they don't know what they're praying for. I begin to think about Brother Chavez and how God used our shepherd to lay hands on him. And he has the gift of encouragement. He will exhort this body and the people in it, those that are here now and especially those that are to come. Greater measure will he give to you, Brother Chavez, because you have been faithful in what God has placed in your hands at the moment that he can give greater to you. You don't think your gifting small in this body because it is spoken of in the word of Almighty God. And we know his precious wife will be right beside him. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. While we have this present moment, while we have what is now, we must do these things so that we will not have an evil heart of unbelief. Whew. Let's go to verse 15. Can you put that in the New King James? I'm so sorry, Sister Moore. 
I'm usually a King James person too, but I really like this in the new King James. Verse 15, while it is said today, again they are quoting Psalms 95, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Verse 16, for who, having heard, rebelled? He's asking a rhetorical question. Again, he is referencing the children of Israel. Who, having heard? So every one of them had an opportunity to hear. Every one of them had an opportunity to make a decision. Who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Verse 17. Now with whom was he? The Lord, angry 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Obviously it was. It's a rhetorical question because he did not let them enter in into that rest. Verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So it's not enough, Pastor R. Jackson to know the word but if you have been cleansed like the man in Leviticus like the law that was given they couldn't just pick up any animal to go and take to the priest for him to sacrifice and be cleansed completely of this leprosy that they had to take the exact thing that was in the law otherwise the Law would be null and void in them. It is not enough that we just hear the word. But we must be obedient unto what the Lord says. I think sometimes of this hour that we live in. I don't want to miss the hour. I don't I don't want to I don't want to not be aware. I don't have to watch the news all the time. And if it vexes you don't watch it. I don't have to do that. But I, I want the Lord to make me aware of the urgency of this hour. I prayed the other week, God, if it is your will, I want that door, Pastor Hildebrand, in Michigan to open before the end of this year. If my bishop has prayed otherwise, God disregard my prayer. But if it is imperative and the time is short and at hand, I want God to do the work swiftly. That was my prayer. You always know when the Lord is up to something because the enemy thinks he is up to something. Sometimes I wonder why it shocks me if there's warfare, if there's battles in my mind or Everywhere you turn, you feel like you're battling. Shouldn't shock us that our adversary desires 
to take what the Lord wants to give us. But we are victorious in this house. <laughs> On our jobs, we're victorious. In our homes, we are victorious. Sister Lyra, you have been on my mind. And I don't see her. But God is mindful of his people. He is mindful. Brother and Sister Morris. We appreciate what your family means to this body. I pray a double portion on you. And I ask that God would bless you in the things you see and in the things you don't. Is there anyone like our God? Is there anyone that can compare to him? If you can stand all over this building, I'm going to read one more scripture. And to you who think you have been forgotten by the Lord, Hear his word in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me. And my Lord hath forgotten me. Verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Verse 16. Behold. I have inscribed or engraved you on the palms of my hands. When you inscribe or engrave something, it is not something that can be erased, but it stays there. Palms of my hands represent power and strength, and your walls are continually before me, your safety, your borders are continually before me. So he takes note of you and he makes sure that you are safe under his rest. It is important 
as Pastor R. Jackson said, to remain submitted unto the Lord and unto the man of God. And I find myself checking myself on a daily basis. So we are going to do that one more time, church family. Let's pray together. God, we need you. We are nothing without you, God, and I pray you search me this day. God, I pray for any person in this congregation that feels overwhelmed by life circumstances. I pray, oh God, that you would strengthen them in your word. I pray, oh God, that you remind us in those times we feel weak that you, Lord, are our strength. 